Hey, universe. Do you think that my even karmic contract is the reason that I love that book, fortunately, unfortunately, when I was a kid? Well, you don't know. Come on, universe, you know everything. Okay, you don't want to tell me? Fine, I don't care. But I've always been a sucker for the good news, bad news cliche. Do you want the good news or the bad news? Oh, I'm going to see something positive and something negative? I love it. And, um, well, good news, bad news. Lily called. Bad news is she'll be here tomorrow. Uh, yeah, Lily's, Lily's, uh, fine. House isn't shape enough to withstand her. And I told her she's not going to live here. So I think I've already set enough boundaries that when she shows up, uh, we can manage the Hurricane Lily in a new and positive way and hopefully help Lily get her shit together. Because Lily was lucid, so she's not on drugs. Lily was living, Lily is living in a homeless shelter, not in a halfway house. So living in a homeless shelter is a tough life, especially for a woman, a, a single woman who's crazy. So rather than have her subjected to constant attempts to be raped, uh, I'm going to have her back in my garage or in my living room. It's way too cold for her to be living outside. So fortunately, the homeless shelter is a place that I can send her to if I can't tolerate her um, because she has uh, no recourse with her grandmother anymore. Her grandmother doesn't want her. Um, and I think Lily, even in her, uh, tone of voice was realizing that she's burned pretty much every bridge she's got and that even I'm hesitant to give her a chance, but give her a chance. I will because give her a chance. I always will. Um, I just hope this is the chance she takes advantage of and gets a bit of life underneath her that she can count on. She said that she's able to get her job at Taco Bell back, which I actually believe because she works hard. She just eventually goes crazy. Um, hang on, pause. So that's, uh, that's the Lily update. And since it's Thursday now at one twenty-three, is it one, two, three? Oh, it's one, two, four. And that, uh, that yawn is not indicative of the fact that I need to get to bed because I just woke up an hour ago after sleeping for seven hours. So my sleep schedule's all fucked up. That sucks. But I don't think it's actually all fucked up. I just think I finally caught up the day that I missed that I never caught up on last Thursday. I found that even in my youth, I could stack up night after night after night of two, three, four, five hours of sleep, no hours of sleep. But someday that next day, that next week, I would catch up almost all of it. Oh, which I guess will be indicative of why I'm still tired. Yeah, 1.25 in the morning. Uh, I mean, you're supposed to be tired at 1.25 in the morning. So if you're not, and you're up doing a podcast, well, then you should be saying to yourself, uh, are we making good decisions or poor decisions right now? Because I don't think I'll ever go at my capacity to make poor decisions. I mean, none of us will. But some of us are a whole lot better at controlling it or not succumbing to any poor decision-making capacity that may be sitting there waiting to be had. But me, seems like I'm always willing to dip my toe in the pool just to see what kind of poor decision-making I'm capable of. That's a dumb way to live life. 
It's like having to take something apart to figure out how it works and then not being able to get it back together. It's a dumb way to live life. And in some ways, I've lived my life in those dumb ways that repeat, and yet I've gotten hmm, comfortable enough with chaos to maintain Lily's presence in my life. That's a dumb way to live your life. To allow a delusional schizophrenic to have some uh, say in your social structure and living accommodations and whatever else your life has to balance itself on. <clears throat> but by having Lily's chaos in my life, I find all the power necessary to suppress my own. So maybe helping her manage her chaos is what keeps me from having to feel any chaos so as not to be closed in by the systems and regularity of our routine lives. Something about living inside the 2.3 cars in the garage and 2.3 kids in the house and 2.3 TVs on the first floor and 3.2 TVs on the second floor or whatever else Americans are known for just never worked for me. If I'd had kids, I'd have homeschooled them, I'm sure, because sooner or later I'd have thought the education was nothing more than brainwashing. You know, I just never found a path that looked like, oh, these nice walking paths are the ones to take. Even in the parks where the walking paths are carved out, I tend to find the trails that are off and not as well traversed. So maybe that's just in your makeup, right? Maybe you're just... Maybe... The universe spits out a few people who just will not, for whatever reason, follow the path that's been carved that's right in front of them. And uh, Lily is the epitome of that. If Lily's taking a path, you can guarantee that there's going to be a chainsaw and some goddamn gloves necessary. And she'll cut her way through that shit and eventually get to a point where the job's more than she can bear and then reevaluate, just like I used to do. And having the belief, I suppose, maybe even the faith, that I have finally reevaluated to the point that my evaluation stage is over and my Act 3 performance has begun. Well, having a sidekick like Lily is a little bit like keeping that part of me alive that says, life's chaos is part of the point. Watching yourself react to chaotic circumstances. And I don't mean like the OD in the bathroom. Although I guess maybe I do. But just testing yourself. Feeling out your ability to take a punch. Stand up and still deliver. I don't know. Maybe that's some masochistic shit. And everybody else is like, dude, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you, you need another ball get. All right, you know what I'm realizing right now? Like, one of the things that I guarantee you... Oh, I know, I thought of another one too. But one of the things that I guarantee you is annoying about me is when I used to, like, wake up at one in the morning with philosophical rantings in my head and thinking through all sorts of issues like... How do you define beauty? Well, eventually I'd make enough noise to wake up my girlfriend who was sound asleep, and then I'd fucking lay this shit on her. 
make her converse with me about all this stuff. Can you imagine something making you want to break up with me more than 1.30 a.m. philosophical chats that you didn't plan? Can you? Okay. Well, how about this? How about that I know tomorrow morning is the morning that you have a presentation to the board, and yet I'm still waking you up? And then you remind me of that, and I say, oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot, I forgot, I'm sorry, go back to sleep. But then I still wake you up 15 minutes later to say, hey, 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 I finally think I have Plato's Cave an analogy in enough framework to explain it to you in a way that it'll mean something to you. And you look at me with that look like, my fucking presentation tomorrow? And I say, oh, your presentation, I'm so sorry, I'm going to go make nachos, go to sleep. How about that? Does that start to frame how quickly you want to break up with me? Yes. Yes, it does. Okay. And the fact is, I could make that scenario another stage worse. I'm not going to, just for my own dignity. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, double-edged swords. What's good is bad, what's bad is good, and what's in between is best. So stay stable, neutral, and balanced. Your life will maintain a much better rhythm. Okay. Speaking of rhythms... Wait, I don't have any room. But I do have some notes, and I actually know where my notes are. They're right here. Oh, what's the other annoying thing about me that I came up with? Uh, I can't recreate recipes. I never follow recipes. I just make shit. So I never know how I made the shit exactly. And many times I've made something that was phenomenal and can't recreate it. I made a uh, tomato soup, tomato walnut soup that was so good that I actually saved some to take to my mom. And I can't recreate it. I've tried 15 times. And it was simple ingredients. It was shit in the cupboards. And I know there was a spice pack that I've never found again. But whatever. I mean, so, even these cookies, this this last round of chocolate, three chocolate almond cookies are great. But I tried to remake them immediately, and they're not as good. So, I can't recreate my fucking recipes. Especially my best shit. It's a one-time event. So, here's the way I look at it. Like, I'm not very good at keeping anything. I lose everything. Um, and so, so with that limitation, I guess my kitchen activities had to go the direction of never being able to recreate anything. But once in a while, I just create something outstanding. And so sometimes I create something that I throw away. And it's a more like who I really am in life than the person who has a recipe book full of treasured recipes. So I guess I've come to grips with it, but it is an annoying fucking way to have to be because if I ever make something great for somebody on a date, I can't recreate it. I've even had that mistake, so... Another reason you might want to break up with me. Hey, you know, make that spring pasta you made last week again. Okay, I'll give her a shot. Mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. Are you doing this intentionally? Did you fuck this up because you don't like me? Uh, no. Okay. What did I finish with last time? Episode 15? Oh, no. I guess I'm mostly full of shit. That's where we ended it. So today we're going to go with, I don't expect to be wrong very often. Super. I'm one of the luckiest people alive. I can't trust my... Oh, and if I can't trust myself, who can I trust? These review episodes are... Um, 
Well, there's there's value for me again. That's the whole point of this. For you, I don't think so, but I'll try to make them entertaining enough that you don't go back and listen to the original one because I don't think I'll listen to these again. There are probably of the first 20, six or seven that have re-listenable value and 13 that I would say avoid. I may eventually make a list of the episodes that I think if you're trying to get a grip on where I've come from are worth your time. There's probably a reason to have a top 20 list instead of 300 that you have to pick and choose through based on titles that don't make any sense. And that's another thing that... uh, Do I regret my titling of the episodes? I might. I don't really because it keeps it original and it's easy and I never have to think about anything. I just have to hit some sentence that I think is funny and then hit pause or stop and I'm done. Um... But at the same time, they're never relevant to what the actual topic matter is. And then I have to re-listen to the whole thing. And writing a description for what one of my episodes is going through, especially one that's over 45 minutes, is ridiculous. There's just no way to capture what I'm talking about. So, with all that limitation in mind, this title structure is going to stay the same for as long as I do this. Because, uh... It's about as representative of what I'm doing as anything. So, at least for its uh, thematic coherence. Wow, I can't talk very well at 1.30 in the morning. We know that. With that in mind, I don't expect to be wrong very often. Well, I figured this one should be graded upon my humble bragging, which is an A- or D+, depending on how you look at it. My full of shittedness was only a B+ which is impressive considering the title. My deflections in here, I thought I would be deflecting things for some reason, but it was an incomplete. Or you could just give me a B-, because it's not really relevant one way or the other. And my fuck grade, forgiveness, understanding, and kindness is a CAC in that order. I think there's a lot of understanding in here, uh, but I don't really... You know, forgiveness and kindness come up a lot more in the next two seasons, but not so much in me trying to establish myself. Uh, Because I'm not very forgiving or kind to myself, I guess, when you get right down to it. Um, I speak here on how often I lose my train of thought. So, to say I don't expect to be wrong very often, I'm constantly wrong. I'm constantly not even finishing my own points. Uh, And uh, I take umbrage at people telling me what to do while I'm doing it. Okay, this was a big point of fucking frustration at Sprouts, was how often you'd be doing a task and someone would ask you when you were going to get that task completed. As you were doing it, or if you were going to start it as you were about to start it. And and that's fine. I mean, if you are micromanaging your departments to that extent, then I suppose you have a reason. But... I've never been one who does well with a list of eight things that need to get done. And you tell me that and then come back and check on me and see every 15 minutes how many of them are getting done. It's like, do you think I'm going to go do other work? You gave me this list to do. This is what I'm doing. And so I don't mind being managed, but I do mind being micromanaged. Because if you have competent employees who you give targeted work, that's what they should be working on. If they're not, then address the issue. And until then, anything else just makes you think you don't, 
that you'd rather be doing the work than me. And if you'd rather be doing the work than me, then do this job and give me something else to do. And <clears throat> I've never, I've always been targeted to ascend into whatever leadership positions are being offered and always been one to fail them as I get into them because I don't want to tell people how to work. I want to tell people what to do. I don't even want to tell people how to do things where they're doing things differently than me, unless they're doing them in a way that's unsafe or inefficient. And, uh, so I've come to realize that I'm, I'm never one for leadership positions in the corporate structure. I am there to be a grunt and that only. And, uh, it now weirds them out that I don't have any interest whatsoever in even going into a department supervisory position. But what are you nuts for what possible return money? No. And that's the only thing corporate structures can offer anymore is money. So if you're not interested in money, then they don't have anything to offer you at all. And so having come full circle on that and being comfortable with that and realizing I don't give a shit, man. It's a lot easier to be the guy that sweeps the floor than the guy that tells the guy to sweep the floor. Um, it also freed me up to think, okay, so I'm going to be a Home Depot part-time slash full-time worker for the rest of my life or Lowe's or Ace Hardware, fucking uh, Costco, whatever. I'm just going to have a job. And what does that mean? Well, it means I can fucking live anywhere. If I'm just going to have a job, I can just have a job anywhere. And that's when I started to realize what I was just having a job for was the freedom and flexibility to transport myself from A to B to Z and everywhere in between, as dictated by me, of interest to me. I can vagabond my lifestyle just like I thought I would be doing in retirement. It's just I'll have to give 40 hours of my retirement a week to Home Depot. Okay, I can live with that. What's 40 hours a week at Home Depot? It's not that big a deal. So, if that's what retirement looks like, then racing around this country... Offering kindness, understanding, and forgiveness to whoever needs it is really what the next 10 years of my life look like. And then if that goes well enough that I think I'm making a difference, trying to take that message to other places would be my next step. Whether that's Canada, Mexico, or Australia and Great Britain, I don't know. But uh, I have always envisioned it being me and two or three other people just doing what we had to do to live in a city to do what we wanted to do, which was to help build the community back. The community of humanity. And I don't know if, uh, I don't know if um, anybody else really has enough <laughs> uh, bandwidth to pull this off for themselves, but I know I do. And I'm not even saying I can't Imagine people coming along for a month or two just to decompress and experience life in a different way. But this is what I've always seen my, the end of my life looking like. I came to this planet knowing two things. One was I'm here to witness something. And two, I'm here to spread some level of it's okay message. Whatever this thing is that's coming, it's okay. Somehow we survive it, I know that. And uh, so, the point of all of this is 
things seem to be falling into place again in spite of myself. And I don't know that this message of hope works for everyone, but for somebody who had given up hope, I suppose I'm as good a candidate as anybody for a test case that there's no reason ever to give up hope. In fact, the way that the world will make things work out that you've always known were going to be your path will not come the way you expect. So just when you're at your most confused, you may all of a sudden see everything snap into place simultaneously. And boy, is that ever a test. A test I failed. So why I got to go on to the next level, I don't know. But knowing it happened, I am not about to sit here and think, well, this is all bullshit too. No. This time, I believe in all of us. I believe in myself. I believe in you. I even believe in my cat. Well, yeah, I do. We haven't had a cat incident of foul uh, discharge in my laundry. Boy, maybe in over a year. So good kitty. Um, but I still find myself wrong all the time. Otherwise, I wouldn't have labeled one of my seasons. I could be wrong. So this episode, when I find myself taking umbrage at the way people treat me or finding my leadership style and everything else going a direction that causes abrasion personally, well, if I look at the big picture, everything's going just like it was supposed to. Huh. Um, all right, other things that come up in this one. Heroin can't find a way into my life, but mushrooms can? Okay, I am spooked by heroin, I'll be honest. I like drugs a lot. I bet I would really like heroin. But I don't think I have a chance to take heroin once and control it. So I'm spooked by it. Because I'm still tempted by it. And I'm still scared as fuck by it. So if I just admit that again and again, maybe I'll forever be able to resist it. It just... If I were going to go... If I knew the comet was going to hit us today, and we were all going to die by 2.30 this afternoon... I would go down fucking flying high on heroin. But that's the one circumstance in which I would be okay with the needle in my vein. Um, the truth meter goes off here. Yeah. My truth meter has been... Uh, well, it shows up like, I don't know, six, seven times a week, I suppose. But usually all in one day. Like as if I'm having a day where things are being revealed. Um, I'll get into that more in some future episode. That's one I need to talk to another human about and see if they've ever felt any of these overlaps. So much of what we're doing, we're done in by is telling ourselves. Oh, so much of what we're done in by is telling ourselves we don't deserve it. <clears throat> yep. Or that this is all we deserve. Yep. Not only are we unworthy, but we're overserved. Horseshit. Yeah, that's another one. We get to feel that we're unworthy of whatever it is that could be better. And then we get told we're overserved already as it is, so things are going to tighten up. Why is the state so persistent in our systems? What advantages do they offer? Yeah, actually. Good question, but not one for right now. I never expected to find peace, joy, or inner tranquility. Yep, I didn't. I didn't even think those were real things. <laughs> I just thought people were faking it. Talking yourself into less and less livable scenarios until, bam, you'll accept the least livable scenario you can imagine. Yeah. But, you know, having Lily come into my life helped me 
understand that chaotic, disorganized structures weren't acceptable. And that, in fact, what I started doing through her presence was improving my systems. My systems of uh, balancing myself, my systems of communicating with my family, my systems of finding uh, uh, peace at the end of the day. I don't, Lily just showed me that my systems were broken and that my living situation had to be as strong as I was going to be presenting myself. And I believe that's a lesson I had to learn. Um, pulling shit out of your ass last minute versus, uh, three, oh, versus having a third revision ready to go. Um, I have always done everything at the last minute. I don't know if that, I'm built that way or what. I've gotten way better at being on time. I've gotten way better at being prepared for things, but I don't know if I just am trying to do too much, that I'm always doing things at the last minute, but I'm calling myself out here to try to improve that because the best I've got isn't something that I've been thinking about, thinking about, thinking about, and then all of a sudden flurry of work to get it done at the last minute. The best I've got is something that I put together and then get away from, and then let getting away from it balance my thought patterns back to get back to it one more time for a revision. That is my best pattern of work. And in this episode, I describe that. Uh, making people think that people are shitty is always wrong. So anytime you mistreat people, what's the reaction that that person has? People suck. Rightly so, because they got mistreated by another person. And once you throw people suck into the universe, then that person has to over, be overcome by something glorious where oh, people aren't as bad as I thought. That meter is the meter of karma that I'm now spreading good karma at all times. I no longer leave people with the feeling people suck. Ever. So, when I say I try to get into situations for a win-win, it's more like I get into situations now knowing I can't always win-win, but never giving a loss. Why would I want you to have a loss walking away from me? That's karma you're taking with you that somebody else has to fix before I'm set back to neutral. So, if I leave everybody I can with a win or at worst, a neutral evaluation, then they're taking either better karma away, which circles back to me and gives me uplifting moods for no reason, or they're leaving me in a situation where I can still earn whatever I'm getting for the rest of my day without encumbrance from some negative attitude I threw. Um, <clears throat> and I'm training the universe to do the same by always throwing good karma out. The next person is more likely to do the same because of what I've just done for them. If we all pay it forward and we all get the reverberation back, then there's nothing left but good karma. Every journey is a string of one-step journeys tied to the, what, million-step journey? If you think of this moment as the time that you're going to fix the next moment and the next moment and the next moment by having this moment embrace your true self, all of a sudden the next moment, the next moment, the next moment, you know what to do. You stop having to think about what your journey is because you're on it. Maybe. <laughs> At least so far. I mean, that's as close as I can get to describing it. Every step is a one-step journey of doing the right thing for yourself. And that makes you do the right thing for everybody in the world around you, which gives you purpose and destiny. And then you do another step. But then all the steps make sense. Right? Pause. Okay, that was the end of 17. Uh... 
And while we're here, I forgot to tell you, but universe, you know how you make a seven into six, right? Well, you take one away. So turning my seven states that have not downloaded me into six must mean I took one away. So who among the seven, Maine, Vermont, uh, South Dakota, Montana, Idaho, and Alaska. Wait, did I forget one? I think I did. Well, since I forgot one, oh, and Wyoming. That's the other one, Wyoming. Out of those seven, somebody downloaded me. And it wasn't Maine. Maine or Vermont, damn it. And it wasn't Wyoming, even though my northerly neighbor, you'd think, would at, less, would at some point catch on. And no, South Dakota, even though I think you're the most beautiful state that I've never been through more than once, uh, you didn't do it either. And Montana, you don't have any people. And Idaho, maybe you're as beautiful as South Dakota, maybe that wasn't fair. But I've been to you too. But Alaska, yes, the rebellious nature of Alaska finally found it's all my fault. Way to go, somebody in Juneau. You have officially become the 44th state to download my podcast. That leaves only six. Who will be next? If I had to guess, the next state will be Vermont. That's my guess. Could be Maine, but I'm going to say Vermont, <clears throat> which means it'll obviously be Montana. Okay, episode 18. I probably have about three more bonkets to take before we get to that one. Hold on. And I need some peanut butter or something. Unpause, pause. Okay, at some point when I'm done reviewing, we're going to get back to describing my reaction to these two sentences. <laughs> sentences. Am I a do-what-I'm-told kind of guy? And am I old enough to know better? Pause. And the trailer for that episode, if it existed, would hint that the answer to both questions is yes... But will that, in fact, be the case? Well, pause. Unpause, pause. Oh, pause. <coughs> pause. Unpause. All right, a couple of personal items to knock off the list. I am committed to Sober March. And believe it or not, the place I'm most worried about is work. Um, <clears throat> I think I can handle being sober at home. I don't know if I can handle being sober at work. And I don't really smoke a lot of weed at work, but I do get high on my lunch break. And then I get through the afternoon either by getting high on my break or by working through it. I don't often get high during my morning break, just because, frankly, the bathrooms are getting cleaned, so it's hard to get high. Um, <clears throat> that said, uh, a sober march does not include sober everywhere but work. It includes at work. So, uh, And part of the cleanse is to get back to full... Uh, body state dreaming instead of in any way encumbered by the substance synapse reactions that come with marijuana and I will be journaling to see what my dreams look like through the entire month of March uh, and then doing that again in April as I bring substance back to my life to see if my dreams are depressed through substance use there's quite a bit of science that says that's probably true and if it's true for me, then I'd rather at least have some sobriety months 
in which to allow my dreams to flourish than to just live with the suppressed nature of them throughout the year. So that would be a reason for more sobriety if I find my dream life activates in March. Well, you can expect more sobriety in either May or July. I don't know if I can live with every other, but maybe two on, one off, two on, one off. That's not a bad pattern. That gives you four months of sobriety a year, which I assume, since that's a body in its natural condition, is the natural way for my brain to work at its peak. But in a society with this fucking much shit going on, a little weed doesn't hurt. Mm, yeah. Especially that lemon kush. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, there's health, too. And I recognize that. And if I found myself significantly healthier with not smoking, that would certainly bring edibles back into the equation with some strong persuasion. But, I like when I rhyme, but I don't intend to. Um... The truth of the matter is, I've always been in reasonably good shape, and if I work out, I'm in really good shape, and I'm just lazy. I could work out 20 minutes a day and stay in peak condition, because that's all it really takes. So, the other thing I'll be doing starting in February 15th, because up until Valentine's Day, I'm going to be a sloth and a goddamn hedonistic prick. Because I figure if I'm going to go all diet and exercise in March, and that could carry over into April, well, I might as well get all the uh, indulgent John out of my system, or at least overindulge, so that I'm ready to go yuck, no thanks, to some of that stuff come March. But since I can't go uh, clean, cold, sober, and start exercising, which will also include a better diet because if you're going to exercise, you might as well start regulating your body's intake to make the most of it. Well, if all, I'm going to do all that, then I need to do it in steps. And so my target goals are hedonistic phase through Valentine's Day, then start working out. I've already started moving my house around to bring out my weight equipment and shit so that I can seriously have a room in which I can work out. Then I'm going to, in March, give up drugs, um, which includes alcohol, by the way, just in case that's not clear. Even though I don't drink, uh, I would not start drinking because I didn't say that. So I'm putting that on the record mostly for myself. And uh, then in April, none of that has to persist. I can quit all of it and go back to smoking dope and eating ding-dongs and laying around in sleeping bags if I want to. But putting some better habits into my life for at least a month gives me the chance for them to, A, take hold, or B, remind me of what better habits can provide. It takes a month to really feel the effects of not taking drugs, and it takes a month to really feel the effects of good exercise, and I'm going to give myself six weeks, because it'd be nice to get into good shape, especially come April, especially because I said this was a year I was going to start getting laid. All of that makes me want to work out, so I think I'll have the motivation to do it. Now, <clears throat> I have heard from Lily, and I've always wanted Lily to, once in her life, take herself seriously. She's never worked out. She's never even known how to give herself good nutrition. And whenever you try to give her slight lessons in these types of things, she resists it like the plague. 
So I also have figured at some point in my life, I hope I'm motivated to do all these things while Lily's around because I'll never t talk her into it or get her motivated enough to start something like this with me. But if I do something in front of her and start showing results and positive impact, well, she may mimic me. And since she's around, well, this is a good time for that too. So it seems like karma's lining up. And <clears throat> I know that while I'm in okay shape because I bike and play tennis and do other things that give me physical exercise, I'm not in great shape. And if I want to get in great shape, it'll take some dedication. So why not make 2023, the year I'm going to turn 54, the year that I'm in the best shape of my life? It's still available to me. I've never been in that great of shape anyway. The one time I did the most preparation for an event was because I lost a bet and I had to run a marathon while I lived in Portland. And I finished that marathon, but I walked over two miles of it. Uh, I never was, I never had run more than 20 miles up till that day. And I could not make it the full 26.2. And that's okay. I still finished a fucking marathon. And I will never run again. I do not enjoy running whatsoever. I, uh, I, yeah, I'm not a runner. But I've found myself enjoying biking. So you can get a lot better exercise biking than you can running. And I always knew that even when I was using running as an exercise. So, again, things just seem to be lining up for me to do some things that I've always said I was going to knock off my list. This seems to be the year that a lot of those will engage. Uh, but, pause. i got to get back to this review. We're already at 37 minutes. And I'm going to keep this under an hour, damn it. We still have two to go. Oh, well, what do you call it when you engage a 50-hour break? Mostly because you're out of shape. So, hello, universe. <clears throat> As I go to finish this one up, uh, that I started Thursday morning at 1 in the morning. It's now Saturday morning at 3 in the morning. More like 3.33. So, yeah. I'm uh, pretty... Ah, fuck. Ow. About to burn myself. Uh, I'm pretty well rested, even if not well organized, pause. And the fact that the temperature hasn't gotten above 20 degrees for three days doesn't help. And the streets are untraversable because in Denver we don't plow our streets, we just let them thaw. And that's the dumbest idea of all, because that means for months we have ice on our streets, just like now. So if I don't sound like I'm in a good mood, it's because I'm not on pause. But in those step-by-step, one-step journeys to a million steps of transition, they can't all be great. So, on we persevere to episode 18. And let me just say that uh, when I went in on Thursday, this recording began Thursday night at 1 in the morning. It's now Saturday at 3 in the morning, so that's the 50-hour break. But I did work Thursday morning, uh, and <clears throat> for eight hours all I did was shovel snow. And then... <clears throat> got home Thursday night, fell asleep around 10, and have slept until now. So I don't know if I was sick or what, but uh, obviously shoveling snow for eight hours took its toll on me. But we're going to get through these last two episodes quick, <clears throat> because frankly I'm just not in the mood. Episode 18, I'm one of the luckiest people alive, which is bullshit, but whatever, I guess I ended it that way. Uh, so the delusional mental state, the... Carelessness, the listenability, and the fuck grades. Delusional mental state, A+. Plus. So I guess I was delusional in this one. 
Carelessness was a D plus, so either that means I was totally careless or I wasn't careless at all. Hard to say. Listenability, I gave it an F. I wouldn't go listen to this one, obviously, if I were you. And my fuck grade was a C across the board, so this must be a mediocre uh, episode. Uh, don't chase down recognition, chase down personal experience. Yep, meaningful personal experience, even. That's true. Um, recognition from other people means nothing. Just know that. Nothing. Uh, sucks but true. You haven't had enough life width to be able to get my depth. Yeah. There is a certain element of knowing uh, what life cycles look like that you have to have before you're truly wise about what life's doing to you. I don't think you can get through that wisdom without having endured it once, having seen it once, and then reflecting upon it once. That's just the basics to get there. And, uh, and that's great that youth doesn't have that because they're not limited by it. But once you've seen how it works, then you're so much more at ease because you're not fighting uphill against things you can't change like youth is. Um, <clears throat> generational rhythms. Every generation is going through rhythms. I stack them up as wonder, unsteadiness, uh, <clears throat> assumption, uh, something, uh, assimilation, uh, fracture, reassembly, dissociation, resignation, consternation, frustration. None of those do I seriously mean, although every generation goes through some element of all of those. There's no sequential uh, order in which these things fall, but they're all or all generations are susceptible to these rhythms depending on the generation's current uh, challenge as a whole. So if war or uh, poverty or, uh, or a pandemic or whatever hit the scene, each generation reacts differently because they have different points of life to consider against whatever current calamity is occurring. Trust me, that's how it works. And it didn't seem like something that was in play except during generational challenges, but it's in play at all times. Um, so, I don't think that's interesting to anybody but me. Uh, the further away from being noble you get... Uh, I don't know. Moving on. How do we achieve altruistic moments? Uh, by being ourselves and running into people being themselves. How do generational gaps get overcome? Uh, my cynicism gets overcome by being around youth, useful youth. Um, because the generational gaps really don't exist, but because of the way that our society is set up, we're structured into them. So there is no generational gap in reality, but we live in them because they exist in our version of Earth. Can you change the world in your life? So being around people like Brisa make me realize that generational gaps don't exist. Can you change the world in your lifetime? Yes. <clears throat> Not having kids is an issue. Yes. Uh, come to the victory parades with us. Bask in the glow of the victories already established. Yes. Thought that was the way it was. That's not the way it is. So if you think that way, you're wrong. Uh, sabotaging progress is what we're all about. It sure seems that way. And maybe it is what the human experience is. Maybe we can't ascend. Maybe we're incapable of getting past the jealousy we feel toward others who are having life work out better for them than it is for us. So we sabotage. I don't know. It sure seems that way. Finally say thank you for participating. Yep. Uh, there are plenty of people who get thanked and I'm glad I'm finally getting around to most of them. Some of them are overdue. I'm overdue to give back support to anyone who needs it. I feel that way. That's why my life is going to be dedicated to public service. 
All right, if I can't trust myself, who can I trust? Redundancy, I got, gave myself a C. Reroutes, I gave myself a D. My fuck grades were a B plus, a D minus, and an F. And my bullshit is an F. <clears throat> All right, we're going to get this one over with. Returning to my three days request at work. Yep, I don't see how I can work more than three days for somebody else. I'm about to start working five days a week at Home Depot. Maybe that's why I'm so aggravated at 3.30 in the morning. Or maybe it's because the cat and dog and I have been living in one room together for three days, and now we're all fucking pissy. Right, kitty? See ya. Uh, did I fuck that up? You, yep, the between the legs? What? Did I fuck that up? Yep. Tail between legs. Oh. Oh, 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 oh. What was the first note? Return to... Uh, oh. Yeah. It's... Uh, it's a constant struggle to live on the line of poverty. If you're willing to live on three days of wages a week, you're going to live in poverty. In America, at least. And, uh, and yet, <laughs> that isn't the worst place to be. So, did I fuck that up? Yep, tail between legs. I don't know what I'm talking about there, because at Sprouts, I did go to three days a week. And lived on it, not easily, but well enough keep my sanity, right, Feed? Um, everything that I'm always doing to earn a dollar so I can buy bread so that we can eat is just a job. That never has anything to do with my destiny. Having to have a job in this country so that you can eat is just the way it works. There, you want to get down? Get down. Go. Thank you. Um... This recording is what's helping me get back on track in terms of staying balanced in the face of corporate America and all its horseshit. That's true. And it matters to no one beyond the way it matters to me. Right. So back to work, bitch. I think I'm telling myself that I can't just not have a job in this episode, probably. I don't know. If I'm you, I wouldn't listen to it. If I'm you, I wouldn't listen to anything. I wouldn't be listening to this. That's for fucking sure. Will you please recognize my talents? No. Okay. The world will not recognize your talents most of the time that you're there to be seen. Get used to it. Being distracted by this proves I wasn't ready to believe in myself. Yep. Talking myself into believing in myself, into trusting myself. Are you kidding me? If you have to talk yourself into that, then you're not there. And clearly I'm not there. So that's okay. But recording year over year is teaching me some of the things that uh, I was so easily um, misled by. Uh, and now, overall, publicly stating everything, including my numb scullery, right here for you to digest. <clears throat> well, if you're digesting it with me, this episode is where I frankly thought to myself, in re-listening to it, why would anybody, anybody care to hear that level of whininess? And, uh, and it made me think, but you can't help it, right? I mean, the human experience leads us to whine. It's not a pretty state of being, thinking that you're getting screwed over in a way that's not fair. But you can't live in chaotic circumstances without sometimes the dice landing against, regardless of how well you play the game. And, it, and again, I think if you hear yourself whining, just make sure that you're whining to get to a solution. Don't let the whining be the end point or you'll be stuck in a circle of whining about things you're not fixing. 
fortunately the things that I list out here I actually go fix. So there is some redemption in my crappiness of thinking I'm lucky, can't trust myself, who can I trust? Questions that are already answered and certainly didn't need to be chased down in some form through the corporate structure of Sprout's grocery chain. So, what you would think of me if you had only listened to these four or five episodes, say, 15, 16, 17, 18, and 19, I can't say. Not much in there would make me proud as the sole statement of who I was while I was here on planet Earth. But I hear myself working through some stuff that I certainly get more presentable with shortly and attack with more clarity, I think, going forward. So having early steps that you can hear and see how you would have done them better, again, don't let those stop you from starting something important, starting something of value to you. Don't think you have to be perfectly ready to start something you know will have value for you so that it has the utmost value. Some of the best value I'm getting out of this is appreciating my mistakes and how I corrected them. And they even let the cat back in the room, so obviously I'm in a better mood now. All right. <clears throat> Listen, I know I probably sounded awfully crusty in that last one. Those last 12 minutes or whatever it was were, uh, were fair uh, in that I don't always want to get on here in a uh, mentally frisky mood if I'm not always in a mentally frisky mood, because sometimes, frankly, I'm just irritated, like I was, like you probably were listening to me, and is that fair that I would put you into an irritating mood? No, which is why I'm doing this addendum to my notes I have now at, what time is it, 4.03? At 4.03 in the morning, I have called in sick to work. Obviously, I'm not sick. Um, but I do have sick time and that's what our sick time is there for because even corporate America will say, you might even just need a mental health day. And therefore, when you have sick time in your bank, if you call in for a day off, we'll just substitute your sick time so long as there's enough there to be had. Well, consider me taking advantage of that policy, corporate America, because today, combined with yesterday, combined with tomorrow, will be a three-day weekend of my own design before I start the five-day-a-week grind that is working for Home Depot in their garden section from 9 to 5. Okay, we'll call it a truce or a standstill or a, a calming of the centeredness of my system into a level of tranquility that matches the opportunity I'm getting to enjoy myself instead of having to go to work. Today is an opportunity. An opportunity to change from that which was already on the slate and prescribed as onerous to something phenomenal. Will I take advantage of it? Well, according to my last attitude, I'd say no. But according to my new attitude, the one that I just developed like five seconds ago, I'm going to go with yes. And uh, yeah, obviously this is going to help, right? Did we forget to wake and bake for the whole thing? Was that the problem? Yeah, as if I'd forget.
Wow. Boy, if you can see that, you'd think, well, how the hell is he going to get all that out of his room? But then, <coughs> wow, whoa.